Okay, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the 20th ever episode of Inside Outlook, the official podcast of Asian Outlook Magazine. My name, as always, is Mike Messina, and joining me today is my guest, Connor Highland. Well, thank you for having me. Uh, just real quick, just going to plug my club, decided actually. Uh, I'm vice president of uh, Japanese Association here on campus, so if you're interested in uh, Japanese culture at all, uh, come through, say hi to us, and we'll, uh, you know, get you on your way. Nice. I've heard of Buja. It's a pretty good club. Been to it a couple times. So generally what I wanted to talk to you today about is your experience as a monk, your experience with Buddhism. Can you tell me a little bit of background on that? Okay, so back in late 2012 and for the entirety of 2013, after I had been working um, for about a year, I was in a very bad place, like very unhappy with my life. Um, I felt hopeless. I felt lost out of place and I was kind of looking for something to help me something to bring me out and I decided that perhaps you know looking at like results like of of Buddhism the the idea of becoming enlightened and free of all of the you know what they call the facets of suffering that I could be free of my own suffering and so I, I sought it out and there's actually Believe it or not, there's two temples on Long Island, mm-hmm. uh, which I never, <laughs> never expected, never expected. One of them is more of a meditation center, and the other one is more of like an official. Okay, so you said 2012, 2013-ish? Yeah. So where were you in your life then? Were you still in high school? Were you coming out of high school? I had graduated high school, gone immediately into my first job, mm-hmm. and then after realizing that, you know... Um, had mentioned that I was audio engineering, that that wasn't what I wanted to do. That's when I sought, mm-hmm. I sought Buddhism. Okay. So, was that a sort of feeling that you've had throughout high school or before you graduated and then went into that job? Um, there had always been um, people in my life that were sort of pushing me towards it. It almost felt like like almost destined. Mm-hmm. I would meet people who who would practice Buddhism. Actually, one of my best friends when I was in audio engineering school, he was a practicing Buddhist. Okay. And he kind of introduced the idea to me, um, you know, like, why don't you try it out for real? You know, why don't, why don't you stop saying, um, you know, when you have time, you'll do it, or, or when you're out of school, you'll do it. Just give it a shot and mm-hmm. see, see how it goes. And, like, that was, for me at least, you know, he was the final push towards mm-hmm. um, actually... Um, becoming like engrossed in Buddhism. Okay, interesting. So then, where do you go from there? Do you just show up to the the Long Island Temple? I guess no. Or? So, for the first, I want to say four months, it was like self study. I wanted to make sure I was familiar enough with, mm-hmm. um, you know, like what Buddhism was, um, what the target was, um, the different and and various texts and and rules and and things of that sort. And I wanted to make sure that this was something that I really wanted to, uh, like, fully pursue and put time into, and that I was going to, this is kind of contradictory, but you'll find that most of the reasons I left and came were contradictory, but to get something out of it, Mm -hmm. which is kind of against the whole idea of Buddhism (laughs) as a whole. (laughs) Okay, interesting. Was it, did you know exactly what you were trying to get out of it? Or what the end goal was when you were going into it? I was seeking, um, I suppose as all Buddhists seek, the freedom of suffering, of, mm-hmm. of the freedom of the sufferings of human life. Mm-hmm. And 
I thought that if if I studied hard enough, if I dedicated enough time, that that would come to me as well. But that was quite like a naive uh, idealism mm-hmm. of of what Buddhism you know actually is, and I studied a very particular like section of Buddhism, uh, like Theravada, it's called. Okay. As opposed to like Mahayana, there's like a couple of different schools, and the good thing about the teachings of Theravada is that you are constantly um, encouraged to question even the teachings of the oldest Buddha Mm -hmm. you are to take those into consideration but not as a religious code more of guidelines for you to look at process and then apply to yourself not as like a whole a group as an individual so okay so did you know that when you were doing self-study is that sort of what you zeroed in on yeah that's how i picked like the school that i wished to study under because Mm -hmm. a lot of the other schools are are very other centered and outward and i was looking more for like inner peace Mm -hmm. than for outer peace at the time okay and then did you have to apply to get in you have to reach out do they take common apps so for the the for the meditation like um center there's nothing there's no requirements Mm -hmm. you just go and there's like almost like um, guided meditation and um, that's totally like anyone can go to that the other uh, like the actual school itself the temple um, there is process Mm -hmm. Um, there is like an application process where you know you put in all the information and then um, like it gets reviewed and all that stuff and then they take into account um, you know like where you are how much freedom you have Mm -hmm. you know are you an adult will you be able to fully dedicate yourself to this and that kind of thing okay and so what was that like when you initially went from self-study to actually going there in person it's a pretty big difference (laughs) it's a pretty big difference in in self-study you have I suppose like more more freedom to select the things that you wish to think about Mm -hmm. Um, and if there's a particular something that that catches your attention you can devote your full attention to that because you have all the time in the world to do so Mm -hmm. but you know also the another huge you know like pillar of buddhism is the idea of impermanence so you are encouraged to spread your um like line of thinking rather than getting stuck in in like one funneled area of thought so the encouragement to think outside of maybe why I went into it in the first place was kind of a shock because you know me going in it was more of like a selfish mm-hmm. wanting for freedom of suffering mm-hmm. so it was definitely it was a big shock okay and what what's the day-to-day like exactly what was going on um so you're you're it's it's a gentle um kind of introduction you're not expected to know everything or anything really at all mm-hmm. and it's not as hardcore as you know like the the old texts where it's like you are expected only to eat for eat from what you beg for mm-hmm. and and like what what you need and only that and then the rest of the day basically you spend doing like various um like not not prayers, but meditations and um, 
like understanding these these koan as they call them they're basically mm-hmm. like riddles but very old riddles okay and there's never meant to be a specific answer to any of these koan they're just meant to make you like think very deeply within yourself about mm-hmm. um, like all the answers that you're looking for and things like that but uh, going back to the original question um, you know you're, you're you basically just handle like the everyday tasks of like cleaning and and uh, mm-hmm. like basically management of like grounds or whatever like that simple stuff so. mm-hmm. interesting were there dogs there by the way I know some temples uh, no. have a lot of unfortunately okay. yeah there was no <laughs> dogs as you know I'm very fond yeah, of dogs yeah. but no okay so how much of this is really led in terms of instruction and how much of it is just go figure it out on your own I think you'd be surprised by how much of it is go figure it out on your own mm-hmm. you you are encouraged and you are allotted a lot of time to the meditation sessions which mm-hmm. is basically just almost like soul like guided soul searching or unguided soul searching depending on like what if it's a lead meditation or if it's like an independent you know like meditation that sort of thing but yeah you spend a lot of time meditating <laughs> yeah and that that's all that's a good thing and it's also a bad thing mm-hmm. depending on you know what what kind of person you are and and why you're there and mm-hmm. what you're there for do you still meditate at all yes i do but in in a different context because i find a lot of the life that I live now as what I consider to be a relatively like uh, average normal mm-hmm. life as as opposed to the meditations done as um, like a, a student uh, they're they vary in the way that I don't think necessarily as deeply anymore because I find it difficult to apply some of the findings mm-hmm. the spiritual findings to the life that I'm living now like going to college and attempting to almost like reintegrate myself into like regular society because mm-hmm. both ways it was an adjustment going that way was an adjustment and then I think it's taking me far longer to reintegrate after back into regular society mm-hmm. okay interesting and so backtracking one more time so you you finally make the jump from self-study to actually doing it mm-hmm. you get there what is it like around you what are the people like uh what's oh, the everybody, lifestyle everybody's like everybody's kind of there for the same reason like the people who have been there for a long time they you can you feel almost like i don't know if you've ever met somebody who's like a monk before for and has been for like a long time but they give off almost like a a comforting aura all of their own mm-hmm. without needing to say anything or do anything they just look at peace and I, that was something almost i i'm i'm kind of ashamed to say but i very much envied that like that aura that they had naturally mm-hmm. of course it wasn't natural they had to get there over years and years and years of practice but the yeah the people are very kind they're very generous and they're very um you know i mentioned originally that theravada is a very inner like individualistic mm-hmm. uh like section of buddhism but as a whole you can tell that like the buddhists they care very deeply about the world around them and and help, helping others also like attain the 
nirvana that they are also searching for themselves. Interesting. Yeah. And so just looking around once you got there, is it a, a modern sort of a place that you're in? Some of the buildings were constructed traditionally on purpose mm -hmm. and other things like dormitories and stuff like that were newer, mm -hmm. but not to the point where it was like, you know, it's not luxurious at all. Mm -hmm. It's very, very basic right, dwelling. Right. Like, you know, you go in, you have like a bed mm -hmm. for yourself um, and you don't have really anything with you other than what they give you mm -hmm. at the beginning because you're supposed to leave all of that other stuff behind. So Right, right. Were there a lot of people your age there? Was it mostly older people? I think it was mostly older people. There were people mm -hmm. there that were younger than me, too. And, yeah, less less people around my own age, more people right. older and, and a couple younger. Okay. Yeah. Got it, got it. I, I think, think so. I yeah. think the younger ones were kind of, like, born into it mm -hmm. type thing. Okay. From From, like, the experience that I've heard from them is like, oh, you know, I do this because, you know, uh, a relative of mine did this. And I kind of am like, this is my path in life. And mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. So, kind of going off that, I guess, in terms of the established history of it, do you, is it considered technically, and do you consider it more of a religion, more of a lifestyle or philosophy? I mean, no, you talked a little bit about the subjectivity almost of yeah. the lessons there. Yeah. So, it, it's much less, I believe, a religion than it is a like spiritual path mm -hmm. for you to follow uh specifically in in theravada the buddha is not a god the buddha is a teacher and you know we we are to appreciate his his teachings and you know admire his path and follow him but not in the sense that you know we worship him as a full deity mm -hmm. So I would say it's much less a religion than it is like a spiritual path that is set for us and that we are meant to, you know, through the twists and turns of our own individual lives, eventually get to where the Buddha is. Mm -hmm. Is that true for all of Buddhism? And how, like how much does the style that you were studying, how much does that differ from the rest of Buddhism? So there are, there's a lot of different schools <laughs> of Buddhism. Um, the main one being the one that I referenced before, Mahayana Buddhism, which mm -hmm. um, is very prevalent in Japan. And in that religion, the Buddha is more worshipped as as a deity himself. And it is more of like an outwardly compassionate type of Buddhism mm -hmm. that anyone can pick up. Uh, I forgot to say that. Theravada Buddhism is more like that Buddhism is almost strictly to be practiced by monks themselves mm -hmm. and the Mahayana says anyone can be anyone can reach nirvana through you know this cycle of samsara which is the the rebirth right over and over again until mm -hmm. you finally attain enlightenment by earning you know it's basically karma works like points mm -hmm. like a point system <laughs> and you know you earn enough karma points in your life you're reincarnated up into the next like mm -hmm. level and being a human is considered quite good. It means that you've acquired a lot of good karma over the um, the times that you've been alive, and it's considered like the first step of like sentient mm -hmm. um, study of Buddhism. And now, since you are 
able to pass on the teachings by being a sentient being. Um, you can earn, like, you know, this is your opportunity to really show your devotion to mm -hmm. Buddhism. Okay. And are there levels in between human first level sentience and then? Yeah. So, you know, there's like levels below. Um, you, you can be an animal. Right. And then there's also spiritual realms that you can be reincarnated into. And there mm -hmm. actually, believe it or not, there is a hell in Buddhist religion. It's not not the same as Christian hell. Like, mm -hmm. it's not the worst thing ever to be reincarnated into hell in Buddhist religion because you're still part of the cycle. Mm -hmm. You're not excluded. You can still move back up. And there are spiritual realms in between um, being a human and also attaining enlightenment. Mm -hmm. There's There's spiritual realms where you are more of like a... Not a, not a god, but like in essence, like a, a, a spiritual being itself, mm -hmm. and in that turn, like you manifest yourself as like consciousness and things like that, and you know it gets kind of convoluted. But, <laughs> yeah. Okay, makes perfect sense. Makes perfect sense. So I know you said you weren't, you know, raised Buddhist or anything mm -hmm. like that. You might have had some influences here or there, but yeah. it wasn't um, part of your upbringing. Mm -hmm. Was any other particular type of religion or philosophy the way you were brought up? I was raised Roman Catholic. Okay. Yes. And in my experience, um, Roman Catholicism is, uh, for lack of a better term, dysfunctional. It causes dysfunction in family mm -hmm. life. Uh, it's very restrictive, very rigid, and it doesn't really allow for any bending or flexibility in those rules mm -hmm. i went to catholic school actually for my first okay i went for kindergarten and for first grade and the stuff they tell you about the uh you know like the nuns and everything mm -hmm. like uh, in terms of physical stuff it's true <laughs> it's true it's true they've you know and uh, whatever they have these new rules now you're not allowed to like whatever close fist hit a kid or something like mm -hmm. that but they they find other ways <laughs> they find other ways they get they get creative they get creative so yeah, and after after you know experiencing that type of thing, seeing the dysfunction it caused in my own family, I knew that there was no way that I was going to ever find, um, you know, what the Roman Catholics consider God. Mm -hmm. There was no way. I had already stopped believing in that kind of system. Um, more along the lines of, if there is a God, how could He ever let this type of thing happen? Mm -hmm. And that was it. I kind of just abandoned it. My parents were very nice. Um, about that they unlike my you know my grandparents very strict my mother had to follow that to the t my mother gave me the choice she said if you want to continue um going to catholic school being a catholic you can if you don't i'm allowing you now to choose and i chose you know no, i want to go to public school i don't <laughs> want to do this anymore i don't want to do this anymore okay interesting and then you chose to go to study at at the the meditation center, yeah, and then uh, all the way that, down the line, yeah, all the way down the line. <laughs> is that where your whole experience was at that center, or did you move to the other? No, other so side there at all? there was, uh, I never. So the center I was only at for a short time mm -hmm. because you know a year is only a, a short time to be with a belief system or or a religion of any kind. Mm -hmm. um, but I did go to like retreats um, throughout the year with the original friend I mentioned. And he was able to, you know, get me to these retreats and have me meet all these very interesting people. And believe it or not, that's actually one of the things that turned me away mm -hmm. towards the end was the retreats and the people that I was meeting at these retreats. And um, 
the the twist that they were putting on Buddhism for themselves mm-hmm. and for kind of like monetary gain okay. through a like extortion of like that system and it really like bothered me to my core okay yeah that system like the uh, the establishment or that system like the belief system almost like taking advantage of the fact that you know people are out here seeking something for mm-hmm. themselves they're they're seeking enlightenment they're seeking inner peace and through these like retreat type things through these um you know guided meditations they charge money to mm-hmm. to attend these retreats and that's kind of against the whole point in the first place mm-hmm. um but yeah and you could see that the people that were leading these meditations and things like that they were not well versed mm-hmm. in the the real like Buddhist scriptures and right. things like that, you know, and you talk about the four noble truths and like the eightfold path and all of that stuff. They, they don't know it. Mm-hmm. They don't know it, and it's obvious that they don't know it. But you know, the, through clever ploy and deflection, they're mm-hmm. able to keep that that hold over those who are are seeking so desperately for something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting. So, how long were you in the the Buddhist system there officially? About a year and a half. Okay. And then was that sort of the only thing that made you leave towards the end, or were there other factors? I would say the strongest factor that led me to leave was the contradiction between my own search versus what I was finding within myself during, like, um, like deep meditation. Mm-hmm. Almost like... Uh, you know how like a therapist works basically like mm-hmm. you go to a talk therapist you tell them certain things and they help you work through like if it's something is traumatic to you or something like that you can do that for yourself through meditation however it sometimes is terrifying mm-hmm. terrifying the things that you find like within yourself that you weren't aware of and these things that you find within yourself they affect everything about your life Everything that you do, everything that you say, everything that you think is affected by these experiences that you may have glossed over or you may have said, oh, that sucked, but it is what it is. Mm -hmm. But actually, when you spend time meditating on it, that experience may have had a much more profound effect on you than you thought in the first place. And it almost got to the point where it was too scary to continue. Mm Mm-hmm. The things I was finding out, I didn't know what to do with them. I didn't know how to deal with them. And that was another reason why I kind of just had to, like, let it go. Mm-hmm. Not completely. Because I understand the value of of having that kind of tool. But I was too frightened to fully dedicate myself to something like that for fear that I would lose myself. Okay. Is it something that you see yourself going back to at some point in your life? I would like to. Mm-hmm. I would like to. I don't. I could never give like a, a like a year count. I could never be like, yeah, I'll go back in five years. I'll go back in ten years. It mm-hmm. could. It could be all the way down the line. I could be sixty before I finally decide to fully go back to it. But it's definitely something that I consider often. Mm-hmm. Often. Okay. Um, another super deep question. Did they make you? Did they make you wear anything? Did you have uniforms or anything like that? No, just like very basic like robe. Material. Okay. It's not. It's not uncomfortable, but it's not comfortable. 
Okay. You know, it, you, and then you just, you're taught to live within your means. Mm-hmm. Live within your means. What do you do when it's cold out? You don't go outside, really. Okay. Yeah, if there's, like, snow or anything like that. I mean, like, we were the, also, like I said, the groundskeepers, so, mm-hmm. you know, if there's, like, snow out, like, we have to make pads and things like that. Okay. Other than that, and it's not like... Like I said, it's not totally, like, so old school mm-hmm. that you, like, can't wear a jacket or anything like that. So if if it's very cold, they take care of you. Okay. And they make sure that, you know, you have the means to do the mm-hmm. task that you've been given. So Are there any other sort of misconceptions or stereotypes, I guess, about the experience? I would say that for people who maybe are, are too afraid to do it because they might feel, like, weird mm-hmm. or out of place. Um I think the fact that you're considering doing it in the first place might be because you feel weird or out of place. Mm-hmm. So don't hesitate and kind of, if, if this is something that you're looking to do, um, just jump right in mm-hmm. because I don't think there's any other way to do it. I think maybe I spent even too much time studying by myself. I should have just, I think, dived right into it in the first place. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, if you had to sum up what you got out of the experience, what would you say? Whew. <laughs> some light light questions perspective is is a huge one the idea like ability to almost think outside of your your own realm mm-hmm. even for just a little while to you know because we're, we're all very busy in this in this mm-hmm. modern age we're all very busy um we're all very busy with ourselves the things we do back to back to back to back and we don't really take a break to process any of of the time or any of the things that we've done throughout the day and you know you can see that and recognize it in another person and then understand what this person is feeling where they're coming from when they speak to you why they may be speaking to you in this way like you know maybe maybe they're frustrated or angry or tired Mm -hmm. and it's not you know I'm I'm no longer reactionary for better or worse, I don't know. That's another thing. But I am able to kind of just take in and, you know, kind of let whatever they say to me, even if it's not good things, even if they're mm-hmm. coming at me to, like, wash over me, and then I have to process and think about all these things before I can respond. A lot of times people are frustrated with how long I take to answer <laughs> back to something. For me to truly say what I feel and for me to be genuine and for me to say what I think, I need that time Mm -hmm. to process that information, to take those other factors into account so that I'm not reactionary, so that I'm not saying in the moment what just comes out of me. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I've gotten that. Then in addition to that, I've gotten the ability to, I think, process my day. You know, at the end of a long day, I don't just pass right out. Mm-hmm. You know, I think about everything that happened today. Was was today a good day? Was today a bad day? What made it a good day? What made it a bad day? Um, did I push myself today too hard? Was I too easy on myself? You know, because you don't you don't want that either. You want to ch- constantly challenge yourself. Mm-hmm. That's taught. You know, that's a thing. You know, constantly challenge your way of thinking. And search out others who challenge your way of thinking. Is another big one. So, you know, I've just, I think it's, it's like immeasurable, the the amount that I've taken in, in just that year and a half from mm-hmm. it, which is, you know, what makes me think, like, there's so much more for me to learn, there's so much more for me to possibly take away from that kind of thing and apply to my own life 
even though it's very difficult. I think leaving when I did left me with more contradiction than when I started in the first place. But I'll work on that. <laughs> I'll work on that. So we sort of brushed up against this topic uh, just now. But if someone wanted to take some of the lessons or the techniques from Buddhism and try to apply it to their modern life now, what would you say to them? I know we already talked about things like yeah. meditation and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, they, they have like, you know, there's just like books on every, every man Buddhism <laughs> type things. And um, I think it just makes you more uh, like a compassionate person in general. And if that's something that you're interested in doing or, or you find yourself lacking in that area, I know it's very hard to recognize that kind of thing about, especially when you're thinking about yourself. Because we're all very, even, even those of us who are self-loathing and self-deprecating, we are too easy on ourselves a lot mm -hmm. of times. We tend to see the fault of others before we see the fault in ourselves. And the idea is that, you know, you may think that in a situation you made the compassionate choice, you made the right choice. However, you weren't thinking outside of yourself. You were thinking strictly on a I, I get what I need basis, which, mm -hmm. which everyone does naturally. Um, but if you're looking to expand, like, that kind of part of yourself um like we said like meditation mm -hmm. um or just just talking in general talking more to to people who think differently than you who act differently than you that kind of thing okay awesome is there anything that we didn't talk about that you want to talk about that you want to mention any shout outs anything like that mm -hmm. I don't think so. Okay. Yeah, I think I think we're good. Does that mean I did a good job? Yeah, I think so. All right. Yeah. Thank you, you so much for job. coming on and for sharing your whole experience. Thank you for having me. Hope it was a good time. It was. And um, I probably should have prepared some kind of closing statement here, but I really didn't. So yeah, follow Buja, follow Connor on Instagram, I guess. Follow Asian Outlook on Facebook, Instagram. You can find Inside Outlook, the podcast on Spotify and eventually on YouTube, I believe. Is that is that right, guys? YouTube? Yeah. All right. <laughs> Thanks for watching, thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time.